0: Welcome to the All Things Work podcast from the Society for Human Resource Management. I'm your host, Tony Lee, Head of Editorial Operations here at SHRM. Thank you so much for joining us. All Things Work is an audio adventure during which we talk with thought leaders and tastemakers to give you an insider's perspective on all things work. Joining me today is Wendy Sastrum. In her current role as Executive Director of the SHRM Foundation, she leads the strategy and programmatic implementations that support the SHRM Foundation's mission and vision. Before coming to Sherm, Wendy was a vice president at the National Restaurant Association's Educational Foundation, where she spearheaded the development and implementation of their most recent five-year plan, which included philanthropic programs that provide career and technical education to students at over 2,000 public high schools, as well as veterans transitioning from service to civilian life. And in 2016, this is so cool. Wendy served as the lead project director for the development of a $10 million contract awarded by the Department of Labor to develop the hospitality industry's first apprenticeship program. Wow. So, Wendy, thanks so much for joining us here. Thank you
1: so much for having me. So you know, you're
0: doing so much work with the Sherm Foundation, mm-hmm. focused on lots of different uh, different groups. Tell us how you got here. I mean, what was your background before you arrived at Sherm?
1: Sure. Actually, I started right out of college as an HR professional. Wow. Yeah. So I worked for Hyatt Hotels Corporation in their benefits and compensation group. And I was there for four or five years. And the last job I had there was as a uh, college recruiter. So I travel around the country and recruit college students to come work in their management training programs. Got a call from a recruiter and and went over to Leo Burnett. I was working in their digital advertising division, which that's when people were first building internet, right? Websites. E-commerce was a new thing.
0: But you're 29 years old. How's that possible? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you five bucks later. Okay. And um, did recruiting for that division. So between comp and benefits and recruiting, I consider myself to be a very junior kind of uh, HR professional and got a call after doing that for a while from a former supervisor at Hyatt and said, there there's an opportunity in this nonprofit called the National Restaurant Association Educational Foundation that I think is right up your alley. And so I interviewed, got the position, and spent about 18 years with the National Restaurant Association in different positions in the National Restaurant Association Educational Foundation. It kind of came to the point where... I had been there for a long time. I think I had given everything I could give to the programs, and I was looking for my next professional adventure. Got a call from a, a recruiter who said, hey, there's a really cool position at the Society for Human Resource Management or SHRM Foundation. I'd like to interview for it. And I interviewed with uh, members of the board and got the job and started here in July of 2017. So Wonderful. it's like the perfect combination of you know nonprofit, uh, kind of the next level for me in terms of going from a VP to an executive director and combining you know with a profession that I have great respect and affinity for in the human resource field so it's like that perfect culmination for me very lucky to be here yeah
0: yeah yeah. and and your background in recruiting and talent acquisition I mean how appropriate it is for the work that you're doing now yep absolutely that fits great well so the Sherm Foundation talk a little bit about what it is what Mm -hmm. it does you know what your goals are
1: sure We've recently pivoted, along with Sherm, our new purpose, vision, and mission. The foundation has actually been around since 1966. And prior to me getting there, I think the primary focus was funding and commissioning research to problem solve, right? Uh, in all activities related to HR, the function of HR. And we have shifted our focus, and really our purpose now is to, along with Sherm, elevate and empower HR, but in our world as a social force, right? So we think that social change Begins in the workplace. We spend so much of our time there, and we think that HR, HR professionals, supervisors are the engine that really drives and leads social change. And so, to take that a step further, that work linked to social change is really the work that supports our untapped talent pool work, which we're going to talk about, I think, probably a little bit later. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's terrific. Yeah. And from a Standpoint,
0: I think a lot of listeners aren't really sure how the foundation is funded. You know, mm-hmm. they, they think, oh, does everybody send a check? I mean, how does that work?
1: Well, first of all, our members are incredibly generous. They bubble up significant revenue streams that allow us to do what we do, not only the untapped talent pool work, but certainly award close to $500,000 in scholarships and awards every year. Their funding actually helps us support our new student initiative, which we'll talk about. But we're also funded, we just received funding from Lumina Foundation. We've received funding recently from USAA and USAA Foundation, JPMorgan Chase, Comcast, NBC Universal, And so we've really, in the last couple of years, looked to diversify our revenue streams. And certainly, you know, SHRM is is an important contributor to us overall as well. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great.
0: Yeah. Well, let's dive in. Untapped Talent has been something mm-hmm. that's been top of mind at Sherm for a little while mm-hmm. now. It began about a year ago with the Getting Talent Back to Work effort. Mm-hmm. If listeners aren't familiar, gettingtalentbacktowork.org would be the website to go to with I think Sherm was at the really the leading edge and yeah. the foundation at the leading edge of advocating for helping those with criminal histories find employment. Right. So tell me about the foundation's work there.
1: So I kind of consider the foundation really to be the activation point. The getting talent back to work. The website is fantastic. There was a toolkit that was developed, lots of great content and individuals, companies, I think we have over 2000 individuals, over 600 organizations that have signed the pledge. They said We've made the commitment, we signed a pledge, we're interested, what's next? And so what the foundation kind of took it and went from there is creating training toolkits, resources, a certificate program that can be accessed both online and in print by HR professionals where they're going to be learning the best in class in terms of recruitment and retention strategies to employ those who've been formerly incarcerated. And the model that we followed was the one that we launched in 2018 which was our Veterans Initiative and that was the foundation's first work linked to untapped pools of talent. Um, In terms of the Veterans Initiative, similar resources were developed and uh, we have had over 10,000 people actually registered for the course over the course of the last year. 4,000 people have completed the course. So we found out you know, what worked and what was resonating and really duplicated those efforts in support of our programmatic work for getting talent back to work. And then the other initiative that we launched last uh, fall at our inclusion conference was our work in support of individuals with disabilities. And that's made possible by the Workplace Initiative, I understood. And we really, again, did some terrific research, worked with Trent and Alex in the research department, got a feel for what HR professionals' challenges perhaps were, or understanding of employing people with disabilities, and again, followed that model that we created with the Veterans Initiative, and created tools and resources, online training, and we're actually going to be launching all of that to coincide with the 30th anniversary of the signing of the ADA, which is coming up this summer at Annual Conference, so we're super excited about that as well.
0: That's so great, and you know, anecdotally, we heard a lot of great feedback on getting talent back to work of companies that have had some terrific successes. Uh, ranging from everything from grocery stores to restaurants to banking, finance companies. Anything you can share that you've heard from folks who got involved in getting talent back to work, took the pledge, and really very pleased with their involvement?
1: Yeah, they're pleased with their involvement, and I think what I I like to hear is that engaging with all these untapped pools of talent. You know, it's the right thing to do, but there's a business reason to do it, right? Mm -hmm. That tapping into these individuals who may not otherwise have an opportunity to be employed is a great way to contribute to your overall talent management strategy. I mean, millions of jobs that go unfilled every year simply because we don't have enough people to fill them. And so, HR, companies, organizations have to get much more savvy and broaden their reach and their commitment to thinking kind of outside the proverbial box. Right, and looking for individuals who they may not have necessarily considered hiring or interviewing in the past. And again, our whole focus linked to that untapped pool of talent work is to get HR folks to think differently, to inspire people to think differently, to empower them with the tools they need to apply what they've learned back in their places of work, and then Longer term, measure the impact that that learning and training has had um, in terms of their strategies linked to veterans, formerly incarcerated, and individuals with disabilities.
0: Yeah, no, makes perfect sense. So, so let's segue a little bit to the veterans' work yeah. that you guys have done. So, as you say, it's it's been going on for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. What lessons have been learned? You know, what what would you say have been the you know the aha moments i guess or just the things that have made you most pleased about your program with with returning veterans
1: i think a lot of the feedback i got when i first started was if the foundation is going to launch something right let's make it stick let's give it enough time to get traction because mm-hmm. people need to feel it out they need to become accustomed to it they need to be first of all, inspired to take action, right? And so I think what we've learned is we made the right decision, that we were initially committing to kind of addressing a different pool of talent each year, kind of building on one another, but what we've done is we've invested in veterans and we'll continue to invest in veterans and actually we'll be expanding that support to include military spouses and caregivers, right? Um, Same thing on the disability side, same thing on the veterans, or excuse me, on the formerly incarcerated side, we found a model that we think works We needed to give it time for people to engage and interact, and what we're doing has proven itself to work. So we're really happy that we made that decision. That's
0: fantastic. Yeah. And the other thing about veterans is that, you know, making that transition tends to be Fairly tough for a lot of folks, and right. I don't know that our listeners tend to understand that. You know, mm-hmm. why is it so hard for a returning veteran? Is it just that you know the the military sector and the civilian sector are so different that their skills don't necessarily translate, or is it more on the employer side that they're just you know not recognizing the skills that veterans have, and that's the challenge.
1: I think it's a balance of both. I really do. I think it's incumbent upon HR professionals to create a space and a culture that's conducive and understanding of the you know the talent and some of the opportunities that veterans bring but it's also important for veterans to understand what goes on in the business world right and often the culture nomenclature you know just values are very similar but perhaps stated a little bit differently so it just comes to down to really coming down to a, a common and understood language where one another it translates easily right and that's one of the bridges that we're, or one of the gaps we're hoping to fill as a result of this program
0: and having a certificate program yep. what, what does that help accomplish
1: That really is demonstration. Well, first of all, if you complete the certificate program, you get 10 credits towards your recertification. So that's great. But that's really, I think, a demonstration. And people are so proud of their certificates. I see things tweeted. I see things put on Instagram and Facebook. People have actually taken pictures of their certificate. It's a real commitment, I think, and something to put in your professional portfolio that says you're committed to changing your culture and making a workplace that's conducive and welcoming to veterans. So Fantastic. Yeah. So
0: let's talk a little bit about candidates with disabilities. Sure. Um, you know, I think one of the stigmas, one of the, the the misnomers about those candidates is that accommodating them is expensive. You mm-hmm. know, it's, do I really want to do this? Is there really a business reason for doing this? And and I think the foundation's work has proven that absolutely it's it's worth the, the business return as well worth the investment. Exactly. However, there's not that much of an investment, right? right? The cost of accommodation tends to be very, very low.
1: Right, right. And part of um, the work that we're doing, one of our partners is actually creating a webinar they're taking the law and the rules and really breaking it down to kind of address that stigma. There are some accommodations that have to be made, but it's not as onerous as some people would necessarily think. Mm -hmm. And often it's not just a particular workspace. It may be hours that are different. Um, It may be the type of work that that individual is applying for. So that's really important for us to address, to get over that I'm inspired to take action. There's a stigma that comes perhaps with employing an individual with disabilities, but really helping to demonstrate demonstrate to HR professionals that they can do it. It's an incredibly valuable pool of talent. And again, we provide them the tools and resources to to make that happen.
0: Yeah. And and I think a lot of professionals will think about candidates with disabilities as physical disabilities, but it's a lot more than just physical yeah. div- Can you talk to that?
1: More and more we've heard. We actually, I was just in New York City yesterday on a donor visits. Mental health and mental wellness actually continues mm-hmm. to come to the forefront. And that we hear from across industry sectors and how can the Sherman Foundation help address that? And so to your point, um, I think our, our focus right now in this first iteration of the Certificate it is more on the physical disabilities, but at some point, we're going to be moving into mental wellness because it impacts everybody, I would say, to an extent at one point or another in their lives, and that impacts um, how you you know work in your environment in your day to day. Everyone's got ups and downs, and it's a matter of understanding that and being respectful of it.
0: Yeah. So the last segment that you guys are focusing on Mm -hmm. are the next generation of HR professionals. Uh, You define those as students, recent grads. Mm -hmm. What kind of efforts are you doing for that audience?
1: We are really, I'm kind of freakishly excited about this, actually. (laughs) One of the best jobs I had was when I worked for Hyatt and went on college campuses recruiting students. And they we're so committed and so eager to that particular industry and in that sense to the particular brand that this is, I think this is our opportunity to you know, work across industry sectors, but focus on recruiting HR professionals to elevate HR, to elevate what people perhaps think of what a job or career in HR is, to elevate um, the knowledge of that student who could be old or young, traditional, non-traditional, and to take a thoughtful and deliberate look at suing HR, right, and providing them the tools that they need to get through their their post-secondary journey and certainly connect them to mentorship opportunities, internships, and help them find that first job in HR. Actually, what we've found anecdotally is that we've got students who are student members of SHRM, they graduate and they kind of go dark, right? And We had to figure out why is that. And The top reason that students said that happens is because they're having a hard time finding a first job in HR. Mm-hmm. I think of any industry, we should help them get that first job. First job in HR right so Absolutely. I want to help foster this commitment and affinity at the earliest stage possible for sure through our students and really supporting their academic advisors and, and the, the folks who are working on campus interacting with these students every single day. We're working really closely, certainly with the membership department, with our academic initiatives department to kind of pull everything together, but make a recommitment and a deeper investment from the foundation's perspective to students.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We've got a managing your career column on SHRM.org every yeah. week and we often get the question, you know, I've got my degree. I've even gotten a master's yeah. in HR and I can't get a job. Right. You know, I can't. Why do you think that is? Why is HR different than many other fields where there's not this obvious path, easy path for these new graduates?
1: You know, I was thinking about that. I'm not sure how many big companies go on a college campus or recruit for large a large cadre of HR professionals, right? Mm-hmm. I was at a major a global banking organization. They have 3,000 HR professionals across the globe, right? But they're not taking a concerted effort to go out and college and and recruit large groups of HR professionals, but there are HR or the function of HR in every, almost every organization. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the students need to start looking locally to engage with their chapters and their councils or professional Mm -hmm. members. Those are the connectivities or those connections that they can make to find that first job in HR. It was easy as being, you know, working for a hospitality. I went to you know, campuses that had hospitality graduates, or majors, and we'd get a full schedule. But I'm just, I'm not sure, and that's one of the things we have to explore, is how our companies, small, medium, and large, recruiting talent for their HR function and then help solve for that what you just described.
0: Yeah. I mean, w- what a perfect suggestion to someone. Go to your local chapter. You've yep. got 100 or 200 HR professionals in the room. Yep. You raise your hand and say, I'm trying to break into HR. Exactly. They'll, they'll all swamp you. <laughs> you other, know, I'm trying to find someone. Yeah. The other right. thing
1: students are saying is, you know, You you need experience to get experience to get a job. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things, you know, you'd mentioned the apprenticeship program. I'd love to have an apprenticeship program for HR professionals. Mm -hmm. I'd love to have kind of an internship in a box so that we can go to organizations and say, we've got a student in your backyard that's looking to get a foot in the door. If we could tie it around our box, you know, body of competency and knowledge, kind of give them a link towards pursuing professional credit while they're there. That's a way in for students as well. So just being a little bit more thoughtful about making those, connections at a deeper level whatever we can do nationally a lot of our chapters and councils are already doing a tremendous job. Mm-hmm. So I just want to be of best service to those folks and find out nationally how we can best support those efforts.
0: Is part of the issue too that we're competing against other industries out there? I mean, you might have Probably. a student who yeah. majored or was interested in HR, but you know, a financial company is saying, "Well, we need you to come yeah. work." I mean, is that part of the exactly,
1: problem? Exactly, exactly. And yeah. you know, HR lies in different disciplines depending on the university too. So mm-hmm. again, it's kind of understanding how folks are recruiting for that field and then making sure that we have traction in those areas
0: well you and the foundation certainly have a full plate this year yeah it's
1: busy it's so So, much fun though
0: (laughs) so what do you do to have fun what do you do when you when you leave the office and have to relax what's your what's your primary activity
1: i love i do this thing called bar three so it's like a pilates yoga and ballet of which i'm not proficient in any of those areas (laughs) but it's a good mental and physical workout I love to read, and I love to spend time with my niece Kit, who lives in St. Louis. She's eight. tie Kit. Oh,
0: very cool. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I love the I live in Old Town and uh, just love this area. It's you know living in this part of the country too. You have easy access to New York City. You go to the mountains or go to the beach. It's pretty neat. Yeah. I moved here from Chicago about six years ago. Very different place, not better or worse, just different. Um, so I love to go out and explore.
0: The deep dish pizza here is not as good. No,
1: but I can tell you (laughs) where to go in Chicago if you're interested.
0: (laughs) I think our listeners want to know. Come on, come on. Lou
1: Malnati's butter crust, light sauce, pepperoni.
0: (laughs) Which, by the way, you can order online from anywhere in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah, and
0: have it delivered. We've done that. Oh, it's so good. That's a good reminder. There you go. Wendy, thank you so much for joining us in this podcast. Thank you. This has been terrific. I really, uh, we appreciate, really it. appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, before we get out of here, I just want to encourage everyone to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're at it, be sure to give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Also, be sure to check out Sherm on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn and you can find all of our episodes and more podcasts on our website at sherm.org podcast. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time on all things work.